Welcome to the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast. I'm your host, Julie Boyer, and I'm excited to bring you interviews with empowered entrepreneurs who build their businesses on gratitude, self-love, and kindness. Join Deb Taylor and I today for a conversation about mindfulness, meditation, and self-love and how important it is for our youth today. I am super excited to welcome Deb Taylor. We have been friends for quite some time now, I think almost eight years. And even though we are geographically separated, we stay connected thanks to social media and things like these Zoom meetings. So uh, Deb, I'd love for you to just introduce yourself to those who are watching or listening. Okay, hi. Yeah, Deb Taylor is my name and thanks, Julie. Um, Yes, we've been good friends for a long time. And because mm, we're like-minded people and we come across uh, each other um, at random times when when, uh, you say something that inspires me, I always love to let you know that. So Julie, I appreciate that. Um, So I am a teacher. Uh, in formal education as well as wellness. And that's my background. So, you know, 18 years of formal teaching in junior high, high school and primary, as well as then went into wellness full time. So that's where Julie and I, you and I met Mm -hmm. is when I was a personal trainer, yoga instructor, mindfulness facilitator. And where I spend most of my time now is in the mindfulness um, programming. So, and it's a hybrid. It's like a combo platter of um, mindfulness in stillness and formal mindfulness practices as well as movement um, because my background you know I can really appreciate the physiology and of of our you know movement movement being a really healthy part of our bodies Mm -hmm. I always integrate that piece in gentle ways and um, mind shifts and um, you know, nutrition is a really, really important piece to, you know, the physical body aspect of it and mental health. But yeah, so that's, that's uh, where I'm at. I also um, take groups of adults on retreat. Hmm. And we do that a few times a year, um, just to sort of reset jumpstart the, um, the system, the mindset, the perspective and the body. Uh, so that we can get in some really good habits for a few days or a week um, to then take and sort of integrate them into our lives. So I'm curious, actually, you, because you mentioned you were a teacher, like a traditional teacher, and then you shifted into wellness. Was it a moment in time? Was it an experience that you had? What was it that actually caused that shift for you? Yeah. So people thought I was crazy coming from being a, like a formal teacher to now I'm going to be uh, in wellness and create this holistic wellness program and be a personal trainer and whatever. And they're like, what are you doing for me? Um, wellness is always a part of my life. So when I was 16 years old, I was an insomniac and I was an anxious wreck who looked, you know, all packaged up properly on the outside. And I was uh, very frustrated and stressful on the inside. And at 16, um, a girlfriend asked me to go to a fitness class with her. I've never walked in a gym before in my life. Uh, that night I slept like a baby and I connected the dots and went, okay, I'm going to do some more of this. And it's just evolved since then. So, um, I, I made the full-time shift in my career. Um, I guess it was, uh, maybe 
14 years ago, but I always had integrated um, wellness, both uh, all nutrition and, you know, I would, my therapist had me journal and do all these things that before we used the word mindfulness, we didn't know that word yet. Um, but uh, stretching and yoga and stuff was always kind of integrated. And the more I did it, the more I wanted to do it. So then okay. once I, I blended my family uh, with my husband's and her, his two children. So now I had five children, all my teachable ages. And I decided, okay, so let me go into wellness and it'll help the whole family. And that's, that's how that, it, it was sort of an evolution, um, a bit of a jumping in the deep end, um, taking the step, hoping the bridge was going to be there. And um, I've never looked back. It's been wonderful. It's amazing because I've seen you for many years now evolve in the kinds of things that you're teaching. Yeah, you've been we, watching me. Right? <laughs> and we right? did some great work together years yeah. ago too with gratitude as well. And I just love how like you're constantly evolving and I really um, enjoy seeing that in someone who's an entrepreneur and runs her own business. Like you started in one place and you're now in like a, a different, more exciting and interesting place. There's one other thing I wanted to ask you about that you mentioned in your story. And you mentioned now that you're teaching mindfulness in schools. This is a hot topic. People are really interested in helping our children to be more mindful I'm curious, you know, why, is it because you were a teacher, you want to go back to the school? Like, I'm curious how that all came about. Did someone come to you? Did you reach out to schools? So um, it's a, a bit of a tragic but beautiful uh, story how it ended up um, where I was teaching mindfulness and this integrated comprehensive program um, that basically I did because somebody would ask me to do this. There was really almost no curriculum out there I was reading and contacting strangers of any uh, resemblance of a mindfulness uh, teaching um, sort of uh, area, but I couldn't find much. So I had to create this. And from the, the training that I've had as an adult and then taking from my, my experience teaching children, um, I was a drama teacher and a music teacher as well as an English and geography teacher. So I got a lot of artistic and... Mm, confidence in creating um, activities and stuff. So that's I, I kind of how that evolved. But um, I was doing a lot of one-on-ones, which I still do a little of, and this was mindfulness. And um, one of my clients and friends uh, lost her son to um, mental health uh, tragedy. And when he took his own life at 17, um, I, well, she basically looked at me and said, Deb, what are we going to do so this doesn't happen so much for our teenagers? And I said, I'll get back to you. <laughs> and I was already seeing a, some one-on-one -on -one, um, clients who were six years old, seven years old, nine years old, 14 years old, 17 year olds that were having trouble getting out of bed, um, making friends. Um, dealing with cyber bullying, stuff like that. So um, I reached out to a couple of different organizations and I started just pro bono teaching, uh, facilitating mindfulness in um, the transitional age youth departments in hospitals like uh, the William Osler here in uh, Mississauga, Etobicoke and uh, Credit Valley and lots of different ones around here in, this, in the GTA. 
and they the kids loved it and then I started calling teachers and said if you want me I'll come in and the it's an easier sell for kids than it is for adults because adults you know our age we didn't really I have to experience this. The landscape is so different now for, for kids and teenagers that they, they feel better after they're like, yes, miss, let's do that again. When are you coming back? So it was a really, um, uh, a very real reason that I shifted like this. And because it's now so well received, uh, thank goodness to open-minded people who are looking for innovative mm, tools yeah. Uh, for their classrooms. Uh, it's, it's just been no turning back. It's been really, really worthwhile. That is, it, it really is amazing. And, and it's upsetting, of course, that it came from tragedy, which we've all been touched by suicide. I don't know anybody who has not been touched by suicide. It's, it's very tragic. Um, I lost a friend um, many years ago. She was, she had it all going on the outside absolutely stunning. She was a model. She was a singer and an actress, just totally had it all together and just didn't because she was just worried so much about living up to, I think uh, there's expectations and whatnot. And it was too much. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I still think about her today and she passed probably 20 years ago. So it's, I mean, this isn't new, but now we have new tools and new ways of thinking that are allowing uh, young people, children, students to look at this in a different way and maybe get some help before we have to unfortunately go through another tragedy. Mm-hmm. I really, something I really want to touch on is, so our kids are growing up in a tech world. They're growing up with their phones, with their iPads. I mean, I have a, a, a daughter who's just about nine and I mean, she is on tech. I mean, it's part of her way of growing up. It's, they are the generation that has always had tech. Mm -hmm. So there are mindfulness apps and meditation apps and all these things. So you're doing stuff in person though. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the world of tech versus being in person. You know, or do we need to do both? What do you think? So my perspective is because I've experienced both in person and online, um, whether it's mindfulness training, whether it's a workout on a YouTube video, whether it's um, uh, training and teaching, taking a course, whether it's an academic course or something that's um, more um, spiritually addressing or whatever it is. um, I feel like I've had a, a lot of experience in both. And basically what we were talking about before is that there's a place for both. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, my, my humble perspective is that I just need to know where, what I need. I need to know what I need. And if my needs are met more in person, because there is no replacing that energetic exchange that we have when we are in the room with our real friends, our people, um, there is, um, a dopamine reaction. Um, there are, um, things going on in the brain in real time where we can uh, cause new neural networks in our brain to um, really fire. And this is um, very real. It's measured on fMRIs now that it, like it's understood. Yeah. And uh, so that is really special. And, and we are built to be in community and you, you hear about all of the, um, the blue zones. Then yeah. 
what they say is the number one uh, uh, enhancement for a person's health and longevity is community and socialization. Yep. And if they don't mean online. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, but is there room for that? Oh, absolutely. So online training is so helpful um, for certain, you know, specific people who can't get out as much, but also because it's so accessible, it's less expensive oftentimes. Yeah. It's, it, you know, you can access a wonderful teacher online that you may never be able to get it in front of in, a, in a, an auditorium. So how wonderful is it? I, I believe it's a, a wonderful tool. As long as we're not replacing it, for yeah. what we need and knowing thyself, knowing what we need, I think is the first question we ask before we go one route or the other, as far as online or in person. I love what you said too, because I'm going back to what you were saying about students that you were working with that were struggling with friendships. And, you know, we spoke a little bit before we recorded about like, I've moved twice in almost two years now, I guess. So I moved once and 10 months later, I moved again. And even like as an adult moving, it to a new community and starting from zero and building friendships and getting people together in person is difficult. And you have to like decide to make an effort to get out into community and meet with people. And it's the same for our children and our students. Students could walk, be walking through a school every single day and feel completely isolated and alone. Mm -hmm. And so bringing your work together, bringing it in person, providing them tools, but also like providing them a space where they are, they are physically close to other people that they're learning the same stuff and about kindness and being thoughtful about others. So I think the work you're doing is it's so many multi layers about, it's not just like you're going to teach about this. Like there's so many beautiful layers to you doing this teaching in person and, oh yeah, well, you know, it's not scalable. You know, you're not going to be able to grow to a certain, but maybe that's not what, that's not what your role is. Maybe your role is specifically, you need to physically be in person for these schools. Right. And then yeah. I feel like you're starting a movement. Um, I'm, you've told me about some of the other stuff you've got going on and, um, I can't wait till we can share more about that. You know, when you've got some things really established, mm -hmm. but you're starting a movement and that's kind of how it starts is like one person wants to make a difference in person. I mean, it has to start that way because it's right. We need to connect and create those connections. So. Yeah. Thank you. I, I feel that way too, that it's um, one of those things where if it can be organically grown from a community, then it's going to just be um, so impactful um, for those who are experiencing it. And is it for the masses? Maybe someday in, in some ways, um, they'll be springing up all over the place, just like, uh, you know, any, any group meetings that, that yeah. still happen. So it's, it's just one of those wonderful things to watch. People are starving for it, actually. I mean, I know that in the UK, they now have a loneliness minister because we know that um, loneliness is the number one um, reason for feeling extreme depression mm -hmm. and so yeah like you've done amazing uh to to move like this because everybody knows how challenging a, a move is especially from one city or town to another so yeah it, you know you gotta put yourself out there over and over again and sometimes you just don't want to right because like oh tiring but yeah, it's like dating is making new friendship it's like dating 
Yeah, totally. You don't become friends with everybody you meet and you can, if you're trying to force a friendship, it doesn't work. So, I mean, I look at us, like when you and I met there, I met like a ton of people in that time, but I mean, you and you're probably the one person I still feel like I have a genuine friendship with, not because those people weren't lovely, not because we didn't get along, but because friendship, there's a chemistry that, and that's, you know, that, that exists. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I love chatting with you and we could chat for hours, but the reason we came together today to speak specifically was one of the things that I'm learning more about is I'm trying to understand better about self-love and what that actually means and what that actually look, looks like. And, you know, I mentioned that I've, I've struggled a little bit having moved uh, twice, um, you know, moving across the country, then moving to an island. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to figure out like, what self-love is because I've been really struggling with, um, you know, body image and feeling like I don't necessarily fit in and and trying to build a new network and a new community. So I reached out to you because you're doing all this beautiful work and I'd love to hear, you know, where does self-love fit into the work that you're doing? Oh my gosh. So it's basically the, the groundwork. Um, but then it's almost like, you know, it just radiates and permeates everything that we do because um that's the ultimate goal i mean i've never met anyone ever who uh can say that they got there <laughs> yeah <laughs> I and mean, that's our lifelong purpose and journey is to be able to love and accept ourselves as we are in this very moment and then in the next moment and then in the next moment and no matter what comes up and no matter what happened before and so on right so i i, I think i'm okay with that um, I better be because it is what it is as far as I'm concerned, but, um, but how it, how it, uh, impacts the work of mindfulness through mindful movement or, um, the brave heart retreats or just daily living as a mom and a wife and a gal and a friend and a daughter and whatever is that, um, when we spend time with ourselves, in stillness and in quiet, we hear the whispers that the intelligence in the body and mm, the wisdom in our heart has for us. And when we do that, even if it's a tiny little nugget of truth, a word or a, uh, an idea, a creative idea, or um, a big idea, whatever it is, some days are big and sometimes days they're little, usually the, the subtle mm, words and, and phrases that come into our mind when we're in stillness are really way more powerful than you think they're going to be. But because then they can kind of mm, color everything we do in a day. So that giving of ourselves that hot commodity these days called time is one of those um, self-love acts that I believe you just can't skip over. Mm-hmm. It is like um, medicine. And so when we give ourselves a little bit of time, and without the thinking, I mean, it's, our mind is going to think, it's built to think, of course. But if we can just think on um, the sensations of the body, um, neutral thought, things that aren't attached to a story, we can do that and you know a lot of people everybody comes to me okay I my mind is so busy I can never do this but but you're doing it 
it, it, it's just the expectation that has to shift. So when we think about breathing, because it's this built-in tool that makes it easy. So everybody talks about thinking about your breathing, but it's because it's built in and it's right there for us. You can think about clouds if you want, but if as long as it's a neutral thought and it's uh, unattached to story. So if you think about your child, that's lots of story. Mm-hmm. So think about something really unattached and neutral. That allows you to just be in that moment. And even if you hang out there for a moment, it's medicine. So then your mind wanders, you notice it wandering, love it, it's okay, and then bring it back to that neutral, you know, sensations of your body and your, and your breath in the, in the belly or whatever it is. That alone is so powerful that to me, if you give yourself that kind of self-love to allow, you know, set the alarm and do that for like 60 whole seconds or two whole minutes or whatever your, your goal is for that morning, then like your 30 days of gratitude inspired me so much. And you know that I, I love that book. I've given it to so many people and um, share it still. And that giving yourself the time, especially in the morning. And then again, sometime when you have a, t- a chance in the day, whether it's in the bathroom stall or while you're walking from, <laughs> honestly, from place to place or in the evening before you lay down for sleep, um, giving yourself that because you deserve it. And knowing that, and even if you don't know anything else, knowing that that's the, to me, if I can do that for myself, I've just all of a sudden elevated my ability to serve uh, my heart, my own self, my health and others. You just shared so many beautiful ways that we can experience self-love. That was beautiful. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Um, For those that are watching or listening, if you could distill what you just shared into just one action or habit change that we could do, you know, as soon as we've listened or watched to what you shared, what would be just one little shift I can, I can make today to get me on this path towards self-love? Okay. I'm going to ask you to use your tech. <laughs> I'm going to say, put it in your phone, put a reminder in your phone. Yep. Because that seems to work for people who I, I share this with. If it doesn't, if I don't have a reminder, then I'm going to go, Oh my gosh, I forgot yesterday that I made this plan for myself. And it's been 48 hours since I remembered whether it's drink water or, you know, don't watch the news after 9 PM or whatever your because everybody's different, right? So I have an issue with this and you have an issue with that. So you know, you have to be careful with yourself in your own caregiving to yourself because of your own sensitivities and they're different than mine. And so to know thyself, ask myself, okay, what do I need? And then maybe it's just a reminder and it's just the word breathe and it's in your phone. And that just reminds you of all kinds of good things to do for yourself, but at least you're going to breathe and you set, okay, I'm going to set an intention that I'm going to breathe for 30 seconds. The alarm's going to go off in 30 seconds, but I'm going to do this. I'm going to park my thoughts and be here now for my own health and well-being. And, and maybe the alarm goes off once a day, once maybe it goes off three times a day, but you just prioritize yourself in that way. I love it. I love, I'm a big fan of setting alarms and reminders. And for those that aren't aware, you know, you can change the name of your alarm. So you can actually change the name to say breathe or stop or pause or whatever. 
So that's great. I absolutely love that. Um, how do we, what's the best way to connect with you? Is Instagram your favorite place to be right now? Like where, where are we connecting with you? Yeah. Instagram is a great place for me. Um, Deb Taylor life is my handle and, um, you know, it's all, like it's all one word, Deb Taylor mm -hmm. life. Okay. Yeah. I'll make sure that I, I put that in the notes when I share the videos and the audio for you guys. So you know where to find you. And then I know you have a retreat. When's your next retreat? So my next retreat is a weekend women's retreat in upstate New York, New York. It's called Ithaca, New York and the Pennsylvania mountains are in the background, but that's the end of September and that's sold out. We've got 32 yeah. women, um, in that one. Um, then the two winter retreats we have, um, one is in February, it's February 14th to 19th. And that's in Bahamas on Paradise Island at the ashram. Um, that's Shivananda ashram and it's safe and everybody there is, is well. Well, this is so good too, because they need us to go and be tourists. So that's they really great. Do. They really do. Good. So we're, we're at an okay. ashram. It's, it's the Braveheart retreat. So we'll be providing workshops through the day with the culture of the yoga um, community around us. It's going to be really, really cool. It's a short one. It's, it's just four full days. So you get there sort of a day before, so you can jump in in the morning. So that's February. March is the, is a longer one. That's in Arizona. Um, we go carefree Arizona to Sedona, Arizona, and that's for a week, March 16th to 21st. So, uh, lots of space still available for those. We have a lot of people already signed up, which is exciting. And the early bird special goes till I think October, I, I think it's like the seventh or something like that. So you can check that out. Too. I'll make sure that we include all that information. Those sound really amazing. I'm Thanks, so excited. Really. And I just, ah, I just, I know I want to give you a virtual hug and I know, <laughs> I know feel your heart energy and just thank you for this absolutely beautiful, uh, chat today. I'm really inspired. I learned so much from our short time together. And I just want to remind everybody that, you know, self-love, like you said, which I loved, was that it's a moment-to-moment -moment process. Mm -hmm. It is literally from one moment to the next, loving ourselves. So thank you so much, Deb. Oh, thank you so much. I wish I could hug you too. <laughs> Take care, Julie. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast. If you'd like to continue your journey with gratitude or stay connected, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and TikTok. Did you learn something from this episode? Was it of value to you? Please share with your friends and don't forget to add us to your favorites and download the episodes automatically when they are posted.